Hey, it's Dusty Otis. Welcome to the Redefined Church Podcast. I'm so glad that you're taking part of your day to join us. I hope this message challenges you. I hope that it inspires you. But more importantly, I hope that it helps you grow spiritually. If you want to be a part of what we're doing here at Redefined Church, you can always support us by going to liveredefined.com forward slash give. I hope you enjoy today's message. Discussing faith today, Heather and I are going to share the story of how um, Axton came into our life. And um, just a great story of faith and kind of our struggle and our battle to that, through it, and actually where we are today. And so what's unique about today is one year ago today, we had gotten news that we weren't going to be meeting in, we weren't allowed to meet anymore. The whole world was essentially shutting down. And tomorrow uh, is like the first day of that. But today what we knew was we were going to be online and we had no intention of being online. We were remodeling a house. Our kids weren't going back to school. And we had a brand new baby. And so one year ago today, our life was pretty hectic. Mm-hmm. And, and when you put a newborn in the mix, he obviously, or they obviously rise to the top of all of that. And so then it's, it's a balancing act. And so if you've been with us over the past year, thank you. Who knew that 2020 was going to be, was not the best year to, to start a church. And so we hadn't even really officially started. We were in what we were calling preview services to learn. We're trying to learn what our community needs here uh, when it comes to church. And so going from that to um, online was, was quite the adventure. Mm -hmm. And so I would say we're still learning that process and figuring that out because there was never an intention of doing this with you because, um, I'm highly relational. And so today we're discussing faith. Let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. So I'm going to start with a few questions. And the first question is, when was your faith the strongest? If you're a note taker, today would be a great day just to jot these things down. This is something to reflect on. Again, we're, we're going to encourage you. We might inspire you. We might motivate you. And that's all fine and well. But the reality is, is God, God's the one who wants to speak to you. And so taking the scriptures that we talk about today in our notes are really what's going to make the difference. Plus, you forget nearly 90% of what you hear if you don't write it down. So when was your faith the strongest? If you could think back in a time in your life when your faith was the strongest, and some of you are like, what are you talking about? My faith's super strong right now. Maybe it is. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not. For me... I would say that right now my faith is the strongest, but I can still think back to when it all started. And for me, it wasn't salvation. So think of think of that time where I think back in the day we used to say like we're on fire for God, or mm-hmm. um, one of those seasons. Was there was there a time like that for you? Um, I would I would say agree with you right now, definitely. But um, there's a difference when you first start believing in you don't know any different than um, growth and life happens and experience. But through all of that, I feel like my faith has been built because I've learned to trust God more in little things and then in bigger things and bigger things and bigger things to where now I'm like, I have no doubt that whatever I believe him for, it's going to happen. Yeah, we see that. We see that a lot all over our life. And so for me, I'll never forget, it was my uh, junior year of college. And so I, uh, long story short, prayed to receive Jesus when I was 13 after going to my grandma's funeral. Didn't know what that meant. Fast forward to my senior year of high school, I, I rededicate my life and decide that I'm going to follow Jesus. And 
Um, and from there to my sophomore year of college, just kind of inconsistent. I knew I should, um, but didn't. And that, and that year of college was the year for me that like everything took off. And I was, I was more engaged than I'd ever been in my Bible. I was reading the Bible every day. I was staying up late at night, actually reading as opposed to going out with my friends and, um, just saw God move, not in physical ways, but in my life, like things started to click for me spiritually where I, where I understood. And that's where I built the foundation that I'm standing on today was alone in my apartment, uh, skipping college class, if, if I'm being real. So, um, and I think what's unique about those times is it's when we're not necessarily the weakest or the, um, most ignorant to what faith is, but there's a hope and there's an expectation when we first cross that line of saying, okay, I'm, I be- this is what I believe. And you stand on, uh, and you stand on that. So then for most of us, that's the time where we would say, man, that's when my faith was the strongest. It was when I first made the decision to follow Jesus. It's the first, it's when I first came into a relationship with God. It's, it is the beginning Man, nothing is nothing has been like the beginning, and nothing will be like the beginning because there's depth, right? It's it's higher, not farther, and so no, it's deeper, mm-hmm. it's deeper, not higher, deeper, not farther, deeper, not wider. It's a, it's the depth in your relationship, and so then how we get that depth is we are consistent, right? And so um, we still see it today. We've been pastoring for a while now and man, there's no faith like the faith of a new Christian, of a new believer where man, it's the sky's the limit. They don't know any different. They haven't been there's kicked. Been no trials. There's been no, there's been no, um, for lack of better words, there hasn't been any growth yet though. They haven't been stretched to believe anything more or less because it's just been the initial step and that was it. Yeah. And so it's, it even goes back to like why we teach our kids, um, why we teach our kids about Jesus and what the Bible says, because man, the, the, the older they get, the more removed they get and the more they're influenced by the world. And I think we look at it as our influence with our kids is so limited based on the time in their life, right? There's going to come a time where they step away from here and, and what makes who they are stick when they walk out the door, when they go to school, when they go to college or get married or become parents or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so in that, it is, it is a childlike faith. It is teaching our kids the way they should go when they're young, and they will not depart from it. We believe that. Mm-hmm. And I think you see some of that even in older, older people who've never had faith, and they kind of step into it, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is something. I mean, you see there are so many different examples of people who have made a decision to, to follow God. I think you know the one person just came to mind is like Kanye West. Kanye West, probably not the not the greatest character in the world, but he decides he's he is going all in on Jesus and does creates a great following. I don't have any clue where he's at right now, what he's doing right now, but there were a certain type and a massive group of people that heard about Jesus because Kanye West made a decision to follow Christ, right? And so the faith that you see in him is the same faith that you see when you first come into relationship, regardless of your age. And so Psalms 27, um, 11 through 14 of the message. Will you read that? Yes, it says, Put me down your highway, God. Direct me along a well-lighted street. Show my enemies whose side you're on. Don't throw me to the dogs, those liars who are out to get me, filling the air with their threats. 
I'm sure now I'll see God's goodness in the exuberant earth. Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. I'll say it again. Stay with God. So Psalms 27 for me, we're talking about faith today now. Psalms 27 was the first um, chapter that I that I memorized ever in my whole life. This used to hang on my wall. I had it three different. Um, no, I didn't have the message translation because mm-hmm. the message translation wasn't out then. Um, however, when you see this and you and you see where David is here, point me down your highway. God, direct me. Highway is a big deal here. We'll touch base on this in just a second. Direct me along your well-lighted street. Show me. Show my enemies whose side you're on. That's faith, right? It is essentially, man, I, I know. I know that you're with me, right? Don't throw me to the dogs and all those things. I'm sure. I'm sure now I'll see God's goodness. I'm sure. Faith. I'm sure I'll see God's goodness in the exuberant earth. Stay with God. And then encouragement. Stay with God. Take heart. Don't quit. Don't quit. Be consistent. Sometimes in our faith walk, we it's a, it's a roller coaster. Things are good. And, and so then we tend to ease up and relax a little bit and we disengage. And <clears throat> in those times, um, there's just because it's easy doesn't mean we should, we should let up, right? Because I think that's what we're all after. We're all after some comfort. We all would like a little bit of comfort. And so, um, but the big thing to go back to in the heaviest, darkest, you know, hardest time is what it was like in the beginning. When were you closest? That, that first question we, we asked. Mm-hmm. When was your faith the strongest? Man, when I am in the thick of it, the best thing I can do is go back and remember what what it was like. What's the, what's the last time that I heard God speak? Where's the last time I seen God move? What was that time like? God, give me, let me get back and remember that faith. I don't want that faith. That faith is very elementary for me, but the feeling and the memory is what motivates me to go. And for many of us, we forget. We forget what the decision was like. For me, I was in row 18 of a riser, sitting all the way against the wall. So I had to say excuse me to nine people to get out. And then I had to go all the way down the steps and, and take a right and then take a left and go all the way down the aisle. It was a really long walk for me. I was 100% though. I was 100%. And so I can't forget that because of the journey. Many of us just did this and back down. Uh, there are some people who pray this prayer at home. And so then there's this doubt that creeps in like, well, did what I pray? Did God really hear me and all those things? And the answer is yes. If you if you seek God wholeheartedly and earnestly, if you come to him, he hears you. And so then, is faith a memory for you? Is faith a memory? Is it something that was like, ah, you know, back when I was, you know, when I was five, like Heather's, Heather's story or um, the way she came to faith is so much different than mine. Yeah, because I grew up in a, in a Christian home. And so I did not. I. <laughs> invited Jesus into my heart when I was five. I was on the way home from the garbage dump with my dad in his truck. And so I never, there was never a period in my life that I was like, um, without God, I guess. I never strayed super far. So of course there was times that I doubted things, but I never, I didn't have the age that Dusty did, that gap of maturity before I ever even invited God into my life. You grew with God. Yes. And so then, I think before we move forward, we have to not just identify, is it, a, is it a memory? Is faith a memory for us? Is it something that we say? Or is it something that happened? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I got baptized there. Um, or is it um, a season that's passed? Yeah, that was a good season of my life. But you know, now I'm married and I have kids and, and life's hectic and I'm busy and we're working. And 
and we've got all this stuff going on, like I talked about. And, and so it'd be real easy to get lost in all the things and just keep our faith on the back and say, yeah, I believe in God. And we just keep walking. Right. And I think that the reality is, is most believers think about their future and it's kind of, it's kind of self-absorbed and we talk about our destiny and we talk about our calling and we use phrases like, um, being what I'm made to be or who God created me to be. And when we do that, we kind of reduce the canvas. I wrote this down because I don't want to get this messed up. We reduce our future to a canvas that we can only fit and paint our personal ambitions on. And so then in a way, even though we're seeking, you know, comfort and what's best, and we want that to be really great and we want it to be like we want it. And what we don't see is when we paint our future on a canvas this big, we've essentially blocked God out of the rest of everything else. And so then it doesn't take much faith to do this, but it sure does take a lot of work to paint this picture exactly how I want to paint it. And we dream up. So then when, when we're working on this, you know, canvas, we're trying to figure out how to get, how to get our life, you know, to fulfill our destiny. And, and we've planned it out. We currently, we, we find ways to escape our current situations and our current circumstance. And the truth is when it comes to faith, uh, most of modern Christianity involves looking for ways to improve comfort. Well, and, and, and so that's led to culturally uh, just being spiritual consumers, just coming and consuming and not fulfilling the Great Commission, right? And sadly, the truth is we don't realize that we've engaged in this cultural fantasy that's not helpful to us. We think because we're painting our campus that it is, but the reality is we've engaged in a cultural Christian cultural fantasy, a, a worldly cultural fantasy that, that talks about me and, and my destiny and, and my future. But the reality is it causes us to stray away from a biblical view. And we kind of, we have this wrestling match that happens between, well, well, this is what the world says. And this is how I would like to be in the world. I was talking to a guy over breakfast this week and he said, I wanted to bring Christian principles to business. I wanted to be a businessman. I felt that I was supposed to be in business. I knew that God had gave me this position and I wanted to bring Christian values, Christian morals, Christian ethics into this. And I wanted to lead from that position and, and he has. And so um, the reality is in all of that, when, when our view gets kind of mixed, my, what do you think? Um, the Bible doesn't promise a pain-free life. No, I think, I think it's, we get stuck seeking comfort and think that, well, God wants me to be happy. God wants me to be full of joy, which yes, he does, but he also wants you to grow. And so getting to what's, do you really know what's best or do I really know what's best, Lord? Like who's, who gets to decide what I'm doing? Ultimately we have the choice, but we can seek to find true fulfillment through God, or we can go on a temporary satisfaction with what we think we want. So it's just very um, different. Yeah, we want a pain-free life, and we want an end to all of our suffering here on earth. And the only time that's promised to us is when we transition from this life to the next life. And so then here we're not promised that, that you're not going to go through some trash, that you're not going to struggle, that there's not going to be pain. We're not you. That's not promised here. Matter of fact, the Bible says because you do believe, people are going to stink and criticize you, right? And so 
the Bible ne- never tells us that things are always going to be easy and that you're always going to be happy. That's that's something that we want personally. Now, God wants good for you. God works all things out for your good. God wants those things for you, but he, but in that he doesn't say it's always going to be just perfect harmony, mm-hmm. right? And so as it turns out, self-fulfillment does not come from happy circumstances. Should have highlighted that. Self-fulfillment doesn't come from happy circumstances. And in any case, God's blessings and God's favor do not match our cultural our culture's destination of the good life. And so what we see out, out what we see with outside influences in a worldview is eventually clinging to a self-centered optimism, which is disguised self-centered optimism. It's disguised as a modern form of biblical faith, right? And we use those words like destiny and, and future and, and all those things. And we become illusioned and uh, disillusioned and cynical and frustrated, right, at our misplaced ideas. And our positive self-help approach is, is really good, but it's very different from what God wants for us. Mm-hmm. Because he never promised it was going to be harmony. He never, he never said that. And I think realistically, when you look at the world around us, you can see that we're the generation. We could very well be the generation the Bible talks about as being essentially the last one until the Lord's return, right? And so then it could be argued, it could be argued that many of us, if you think about that point, I don't want to go too fast to that. If we are the last generation of people on the face of the earth, the Lord's return is coming. Let's just say that's real. It could be argued that... Uh, many of us are incapable of, of understanding that and emotionally unable to face what comes with that and unable to have the courage, right, uh, for the unique challenges or the glory that's about to come that, 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 that lays ahead for us, lies ahead for us. And so when you think about that, um, it makes it a little bit different. And then you go back to, well, okay, so then what do I believe? What do I believe? Do I just say, do I say I believe in God? Mm-hmm. And I think when we come to the absolute end of our strength, it's not going to be something we say. You know, we've, we've talked all the time. God looks at your heart. He wants to know your heart. When we come to the end of our strength and our resources, we're going to discover that God is able to do breathtaking things to bring his people into their real purpose. God brings people into their purpose People come into God's purpose with willing hearts and open hands. Mm -hmm. He is our hope, right? And so the only way forward is to look to Jesus far more than we look to ourselves or optimism or, uh, you know, wishful hope. It is like the beginning. Where did we look in the beginning, man? When, When was my faith the strongest? Do we still approach God like that? Do we still talk to God like that? Do we still seek God like that? Because the more that we know him, the more that we know him and the more we love him, the greater our strength is, the greater our faith is. And the urgency of the hour requires that requires that we cling to uh, the things that the Bible calls wise and worthy of our time. The urgency of today, right now, this culture, this time in history is that we cling to the things that the Bible calls wise and worthy of our time and the things that the Bible calls worthy of my attention, right? So in the meantime, when it comes to our faith and our future, 
we have to stop justifying our trivial pursuits. And when you think about justification, we're still talking about faith now. So um, I learned this probably five, five or six years ago. Justification and rationalization are, are very similar. And so when you think about the word rationalize, um, I heard it like this. Rationalize equals rational lies. And what does it mean to rationalize? It means to attempt to explain or justify one's own behaviors or attitude with logical, plausible reasons, even if these are not true or appropriate. And in faith, we like to do this. Well, but God, or, well, if this would have happened, Wyatt asked me earlier this morning, he says, um, is that a sign? Is that a sign? And those are all little seeds that we plant and it's not just in case we're wrong or just in case God drops the ball. God doesn't drop the ball. God never leaves you. He'll never forsake you. And so it's not a, but we like to make these ways so that we can justify. We tell our kids all the time, the moment, the moment that you have to justify something to me, you should know that you are guilty, right? Like mm-hmm. when there comes a time you go, well, or but, or it is, wait a second. We need to, in this moment, we need to take some ownership as opposed to looking at other things that we can kind of put, not blame, but just shift it somewhere else. So it's just, so we're justified. And so you find this in Proverbs 21 too. It says, all a man's ways seem right to him, but the Lord evaluates the motives. Mm -hmm. You see it in Matthew 11, 19 and Luke 7, 35. It says, we can always justify our inconsistencies. And I think that's what we see with the lack of faith or a roller coaster of faith. It is, we can always go back and pinpoint times where it was good And if we're being honest, those times were good. It's because we were engaged and we were seeking God. We were walking with God. It wasn't, oh, there was, you know, life was easy. All of my kids were growing up. You know, things were were how they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And so the moment that you feel like you need to justify is the moment that your motive becomes about self. You immediately go back to self-preservation, right? Well, what about me? What about, what about? What I need, what I want. Yes. I think that a lot of that uh, for me, that was kind of our experience in moving here. I had a whole list that I thought I'm going to self-fulfill what I think my future should be like. And so it was very detailed. And I thought, well, if if I'm going to do this for God, he's going to do this for me. And I went into finding where we needed it to be and what I thought we should be doing with that. And it wasn't until... I shelved that and totally trusted God 100% and said, I, I can't fulfill my future. I think that I think about a temporary circumstance, what I want right now. Who's going to say that I really want that three years from now? I don't know that. I can't see that, but I know that God does. And so it was shelving that, trusting him enough to step out and say, I'm going to 100% go with what you want. And regardless of the circumstance, where it is, what's required. I'm going to trust that at the end of this, that I'm going to be fulfilled in it because you've called me here. This is what you have for me. And I think a lot of times it's like that in life. When we think about something that we've gone through and it's just been horrible at the end of it, when what you get from it is so amazing, you look back and you're like, oh, okay, that was totally worth it. You don't look back and think like, oh my gosh, I would never do that again. Even with having a child, if you have horrible pregnancy, when you come out and you have this gift of a child, you don't look and be like, oh my gosh, this was not worth it. This is totally worth it. I feel like it's with that win where 
on God's path, there's going to be growth and there's going to be pain and trials and there'll be crap that you have to go through, but the reward and the fulfillment that you get is so much greater than everything that came behind it. Solid. You're so solid. (laughs) So we're getting off on on a side, but I think there's intention here. In doing this, we it was essentially what and where, and when we changed our prayer to who, that's when we found this place. Well, that's offensive to people when you say, when we changed our prayer to God, who do you want us to be with? It's where and who. Everybody essentially goes, I don't need your help, okay? And that's not it. I'm, we're not here to change anybody. Mm-mm. We're just here to be a great example. And in that, there was a struggle because I was I was searching. And so I'm trying to fulfill what God's called us to do, where God's called us to go, serve who God's called us to serve. And in that, uh, we also had Heather's list in that. And what were some of the things on that list? Um, four seasons, um, walkability, um, water. Um, I did have mountains on there, but I wanted something that just... Trees. Trees was 100% on there. Now, when she laid that down, what she got was? I got way better. I love it. I think it's beautiful here. I I don't have an appreciation for anything that she just said. Because when you grow up in Oklahoma, it's green or brown. It's flat. It's wide open. So I miss wide open spaces. Now, the smell in the air right now in the spring is amazing. The fall here is amazing. I'm just learning what it means to appreciate seasons, but what that's good for me. What she got back was everything that she laid down. The mountains are only three and a half hours from here. So, and, and what she had this big elaborate plan of all the things that she had to have in our transition when she said, you know what, God, I don't know what I'm going to need mm-hmm. tomorrow, let alone in 10 years, but you do. I trust you. We had our answer. We were unified in the answer and it was here. We didn't know what that meant. And so in coming, I get here and I'm like, holy, she gets trees and water and walkability and four seasons and and just Heather has the greatest faith. It's 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 incredible. And so I'm gonna tie up the justification. When we justify, if we will, if if we understand that this this is all about me, the reali- the reality is when we don't have to justify that um when we don't justify, we realize that the need is not about us, right? Mm-hmm. We wouldn't feel the need to justify if we weren't seeking self, right? And so the more that we know him the, and the more that we love him, the greater our strength, mm-hmm. the greater our faith, and the less we feel like we have to rely on ourselves. Like, oh, man, my the, the bag I'm carrying, the job I'm doing is already so heavy. I, that's one more thing I have to do. We have a dining room that needs painted, and it's hard to... so. Um, we've added some trim and the other day, um, I'm just telling this right now. The other day, Heather says, um, to me, she was going to paint. So I did all the work, the woodwork, and she's going to paint. However, it's hard to paint with a Mm one-year-old and he never sleeps. He's always awake. And, um, so then when she said, cause I said, Hey, I would like to get this painted in the next week and a half. I say we, (laughs) Dusty says we, and most of the time when Dusty says we, it means moi. And so he yeah, said, I, we need to get this done. And when I say we, I mean you. Hey, do you think we <laughs> can get this done in the next week before 
we go out of town. And I said, wait a second. We means you're actually already going out of town for the next week, so really that means me. <laughs> I'm going to need to get that and done. And so then the re- it's like, well, action. And it's like, no, it's not. So then I immediately thought, if that's going to get painted, I have to do it. Mm-hmm. And then... Then it's the joke of, I do everything around here, which I don't. Heather does everything around here. So, it's not true either. Anyways, so then um, the first hurdle of faith is getting, is getting, um, believing that you do not need to justify your actions or your way, getting to where you believe that your timeline, your path, and your purpose is all in God's hands. Mm -hmm. Faith in God takes trust in God. We've said this before. I love God. Man, I love God. I love God. When it comes to trusting God, if we trust him, that means, Lord, my life is yours. Have your way, whatever you would have, right? And so the second hurdle of faith is patience. It's patience. You know, the Bible tells us not to lean on our understanding. Um, don't lean at that, which means don't lean on your own timing or your own expectations or your own pace or your own wants, but trust in the Lord mm-hmm. for everything that you need because that's what he wants to give you. And we said this this week, God knows exactly what you need right now. Mm-hmm. Period. God knows exactly what you need right now. It's not about, well, if I well, if I had this and this and this and my coffee was full, we could probably get this done. No, if it, God knows if it needs to be done and God will make sure that it happens when it's supposed to happen, if we trust. Mm-hmm. And so... What I mean by patience is Romans 5.4. Romans 5.4 says this. It says, And patience develops strength of character in us and helps us trust God more each time we use it until finally our hope and faith are strong and steady. Patience develops strength and character. Patience gets us to a place where our hope and our faith are strong and steady. Be patient. Be patient. And so the best way I can describe faith or my faith or my frustrations in faith to you is like that highway we talked about in the beginning in Psalms 27. This is a two-way street, okay? This is a two-way street, and I'm behind a car on Lakeshore that's going 33, okay? Or on the highway that's going, (laughs) depending on what highway you ride on, four miles an hour under the speed limit. But this is a two-way street, okay? And so picture your favorite place. There's this, there's this place we used to go to Florida from Oklahoma and we'd take some back roads and you would always, there'd be just this long line of traffic in front of you and we're trying to get to vacation. Mm-hmm. And so it's constantly, you know, like, can we pass? Can we pass? And lo and behold, the moment you think you can pass, there's a curve or there's a hill and it's just constantly being in this position going, come on. I have to shelf that. I have to shelf that. And how, how I've learned that is this. When I'm in this position, and it's not going as fast as I want it. Guys, we moved here December 8th of 2017. I thought that we would have a church January 1st, 2018. It's just the way, that's just how it works in my head. It's 2021, and I'm in my living room talking to you. And so in that, looking... And realizing that every time that I'm frustrated, that um, that it's not going the way I want, there's a reason for that delay. Delay is for development. 
God is working some things out up there for me that are that he's moving into alignment where it's going to be smooth sailing. Oh, man, that could be another three years. I want to be on vacation. I want comfort. Mm-hmm. I don't even use my blinker, okay? Into this traffic. Go this way. Frustration. This guy beside me wants to race now all of a sudden. He was just going 32. Now he wants to go 48. What the heck? So then I had to make the decision. Am I going to punch it and be ahead of where I'm supposed to be? Or do I see this as, okay, you get the ticket. Wisdom. You get the ticket. I'm going to fall back here. You're going to go 33 again. And this is the pace we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Now, I know I'm using a traffic analogy. I hate traffic. That's probably a reason for that. That's that's where I live. It's like, okay, it is. Um, it's okay to be here right now. Yeah. And some of the stuff that, um, that I deal with or think needs to be done really doesn't need to be done. I've created it. It's like I... I keep a list in my office on a whiteboard. And on that, those are all things that I've created. Mm -hmm. We have friends who tell us all the time, thank God. Thank God for them. Hey, it's a slow, steady walk. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cast all your cares upon God. God says his yoke is easy. His burden is light. Mm -hmm. Anytime I get into this lane, I'm in oncoming traffic. The frustrations I feel I'm creating, I got over in this lane. Mm -hmm. I got here. And so then I have to realize and be patient to know that God is paving the way. God's getting stuff figured out there. There are so many things that have happened here. Yeah. That if I would have had my way, I don't know where we'd be. Well, yeah, it's learning to rest in. um, Dusty and I were just talking about this the other day. It's learning to rest in God, while all of that's going on, it's being patient because um, I asked I know- Heather what faith was for her. I said, so I said, here's what faith is to me and what I just told you about the street. And I said, what's faith to you? And she says, I learned to rest in that. I just learned to rest. It's rest. Faith is rest. I've never heard faith described as rest before in my life. Rest to me. Is what well, la- doesn't mean it's it lazy. It's <laughs> slow. It's it's. But it's <clears throat> I'm at complete peace. Because I know that God said this, and I'm not pushing to get there. I'm resting and being patient and waiting for those steps. I'm like, okay, I know that this is coming next. It doesn't mean that I'm not spending time praying and seeking God and and saying, okay, Lord, what is the step? But it's being calm and peaceful during that and just being at a state of rest. Mentally, I'm not like working, 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 pushing, pushing, pushing. Where's it at? Where's it at? I'm just being. I'm being. As I'm waiting and waiting for, <clears throat> okay, the next step for this. What is, um, what's this? What is good about where I am right now? That helps me not to be frustrated because I could look around and fill my time with a bunch of stuff. But you're incredible at that. It's okay to be like, okay, wait a second. What is good right <laughs> now? Um, our kids are all home. And <clears throat> in the same sense, I could be frustrated or it's like, wait a second. I wanted way more intentional time with them. I'm going to pay attention a little bit more, see what this child needs a little bit more. Yeah. Think about like, so when we dropped Oscar off for his first day of school and with all of our kids, I, I have been an emotional wreck. Totally. Like 
we get to the school and I'm like, okay, we're going to walk him in together. He's bawling out in the hall and leaves me and tell him goodbye. I got to like, take a walk. Okay. <laughs> I got to take a walk and get myself together. Like, like they ought to see that I'm strong here. Like, where's dad? I'm like, he's out in the hall. It's okay. And like, I come back and, <laughs> okay. In that, what if we took that emotion? What if we took that emotion and used it to fuel what's happening in our house? What would happen? Our kids are actually home. We were so mm-hmm. sad to see them go to school. And we become numb to it because every year they go. And then, you know, it changes the outlook of everything that we do. Yeah. And and <clears throat> realizing, oh, hey, the pace of something might be slower right now, but wow, where's the opportunity in this? What is God giving me um, to be able to focus on right now, not being frustrated because I want to go there and I can't be there. It's slowing down and looking around me and being like, wow, okay, now I actually do have this time. I don't have to feel guilty for putting in all of this work. I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. It's just being present and... Um, present. Yeah. I think, I quick story on yesterday, Dusty and I were driving and we were... Um, trying to run by a bakery just to grab a couple things and we get in the car we ate lunch and i don't even have my seatbelt buckled and dusty's going he's driving he's off <laughs> like this is a perfect example of us i'm like he's like where are we going do you want to go to this how about we just go ahead and go here i'm like i don't even know if they're open and i was like okay could you just pause for a second you just take off and you're ready to go we have no plan right now no I want to like, let's plan this out. And he's like, I'm just going. And meanwhile, I'm explaining to this because I'm a little frustrated because I'm like, can you just slow down for a second and let me look? And you know, he has a smile on his face. So I'm like, that's exactly how he is. He's ready to go. And I'm like, hold on. And I had to explain that part of my going, and I do that all the time, by the way. So don't call the police, okay? <laughs> We're in the car. If we started the car 15 minutes ago, that means it should have been rolling 15 minutes and one second ago, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, I can't, okay? It's it's not that I can't. It's like when it's time to go, so like I will just chill out until everybody's got their shoes on, we're ready to go. That's false ready to go, but yeah, we're ready to go. Okay, get the kids, kids, get outside. It's unlocked, get in, right? And so in all of that, it's get in, and the car's been running I'm assuming that they're ready. So when I get in the car, I get in the car, I buckle, and we're rolling. Anyways, in all that, I turned left because I knew nothing was I knew nothing was right. And so I was like, well, we might as well just start working our way towards whatever. Yeah. And I had two, I had two ideas. We went to the third because the other two didn't have what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. But it's just being patient in that chunk of time when you know that there is an out and it's trusting completely that. Even if where I'm at, my circumstance right now is not good. I know God said here and do this. And so I am super hopeful. I'm not going to be super disappointed because I know that something good is coming. He wouldn't call me and tell me to do this unless there was something great behind it. And in that, she brings such great balance because there's there's some stuff she say, what's the good about where we are now? She finds the good really, really easily. Because she's slow, because she's because she rests in her faith, so she's very she's not. It's not about being strategic; it's just knowing this is where we are. Look at all of these good things, and because my expectation is so high, that's not that's not good enough, right? That's good. That's that's an honorable mention. And that's not good, and so she brings such great balance to our house 
where she talked about being present. I can't tell you how many times years ago, and it happens, it's been happening here lately, not a lot, but she would say, hey, where are you? Like we'd be at dinner and I'm in deep thought about the message or something that's happening around town or being hopeful that somebody's going to call me back or whatever. And she'll go, hey, where are you? She does so good at being present all the time, all the time. Yeah, you're welcome. And so what she brings to me is, and and it's not just her, she's helped bring revelation, but what I see and what faith is, is not feeling guilty about slowing down. Mm-hmm. Because there doesn't always have to be an answer. The next step is in front of you. It doesn't mean you have to take it right now. Maybe the next step is 17 car lengths ahead, and you're going to get there in... 24 minutes as opposed to three. And because you're going to get there in 24 minutes, everything's going to be great. As opposed to facing all of this potholes, red lights, all the, all the stuff that's coming at you in your way. Man, if I just ease up and understand, I don't have to feel guilty for slowing down. Mm-hmm. And that was my upbringing was that it was, man, get it done. Get stuff done. GSD, just get it done. And so we're going to share how we experienced this. We walked through quite, a, it was a struggle. Twenty, The end of 2019 was a real struggle for us. And so the end of 2019 being a struggle, stepping into 2020 wasn't easy. And so when we talk about life is not, you know, always, you know, cherry trees and roses and, mm-hmm. and just harmony and peace and our comfort level, we talk about having to use our faith and exercise our faith. We understand that, that, that by the way, faith is not given. So we're in a series called Given to give, but faith, faith comes by hearing, right? Well, I think too, it helps. Um, I mean, you can read in the Bible stories of um, people that had great faith and look at their story and that helps you um, see there's evidence of what having faith in God is. And I feel like sometimes with what we've been given with our faith, it kind of gives to others an example of, oh, wow, look what God did with them. So in that sense, I think it kind of gives something, but not in the sense of like, here's some faith for you. <laughs> not like that. Because faith comes with, by consistently hearing, right? Mm-hmm. Which which is our close, spoiler alert. And so uh, how we experienced this in April 2019, Heather was diagnosed with um, a grapefruit-sized growth on one of her ovaries and 90-something percent blockage in her left fallopian tube. And surgery was scheduled immediately for May. It was less than four weeks. It was, I mean, essentially their next right, opening. Days, yeah. And so then the first thing we did with our faith is immediately agreed that it wasn't going to be cancerous. And um, in that, the doctor was pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm logical. I'm very logical. Like if, and I knew, could see could see what, you know, looking at Saw the mass. Yeah. Everything like that could feel and so knew what it was, but also... She'd been in pain for a long time, by the way. And yeah. was just trying to put it off on like back pain or like my back hurts or my left side hurts or whatever. Yeah. So um, knew what that was, looking at everything, saw what they were saying, heard everything they were saying, but in the same sense wanted to believe different because I knew, okay, Lord... I don't have to go off of everything that they're saying right here. But it would say, it's a really fine line for you because you, you've already seen it. Yeah. Yeah, which was totally different because that's what he actually, we were walking one day. This was before my surgery. 
and said, okay, what are we, what are we going to believe for? We had like a 10 day period in between finding out, well, I had a first appointment, come back a week later for the second appointment and then scheduled the surgery right after that. So it was about 10 days. They're talking full hysterectomy. The doctor comes in very straightforward. Not going to say that he's negative, but this is what I do. This is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. And we'll essentially, you know, and now in this, I think Heather felt like some of her freedom was being taken. Yeah. We were done with kids, like, and not done in the sense like never having kids again, but just like we didn't see we didn't see more kids in our future. We were really happy, very content with with the dynamic of our house mm-hmm. and our three kids. Yeah, but having somebody tell you they're taking your option away is kind of a big no thing. I don't I don't like I don't do good with that. Dusty can justify testify on that one. I don't like somebody telling me. Um, I'm taking this from you now. You don't have the right any longer to do this. Mm. So that's kind of what I tell Heather all the time. Don't boss me. But she's she doesn't even have to say don't boss me. She just like goes. (laughs) And I know she's not she's not going to do that. So anyway, so two days before the surgery, I'm letting her walk this out and I'm praying for her by myself. I'm praying over the situation. And there's a huge like battle in my head going on like, okay, do I Am I okay with all of this going down? Because I saw and I knew what they were saying. Like, so am I okay? Am I okay with all of this having to be taken, or do I really? Am I going to be bold enough to be like, okay, God, I don't want any of this to happen. I want you to just have this mass disappear, and that I, they don't have to take anything. I don't. I really don't want to. But it was. Am I really going to believe for something that big when I could see something totally opposite? In those 10 days, Heather was different. She's always cheery, bright, optimistic, hopeful, full of faith. Those 10 days were different. And and so then because she was different, I'm not going to say that she was mad, but I had to be real careful in how I approached her, what I said, how we navigated conversation. And, and finally, it's getting close, and I don't feel like she's any farther along eight days after than she was when we first got the news. Now, we did understand and know, no, we didn't. We did understand and know that the chances of it being cancerous were very low, but we hadn't got that news yet. And so, um, so in there, I said, hey, uh, let's take a walk. We should just take a walk because she likes seasons and trees and sunshine. And Let's take a walk. Let's get outside where you love to be. And I just said, what are you believing for? I need to know what you're believing for because when two come into agreement, it'll be done. I know what I'm believing for. I know what you want to happen. Mm-hmm. I know what you want, but what are you believing for? And she says, well, she says, in a perfect world, I would keep everything. And well, I know that God's greater than a perfect world. So why don't we believe that? Let's just, let's believe that you're going to keep everything. Mm-hmm that they will remove the grapefruit size growth, that they will clean out um, your fallopian tube, that you're not going to lose anything, that you're not going to lose anything. And okay, and I said, what else? What else? And she goes, man, I don't want my recovery to be six months. Like six months is a long time not to hold my kids, not to lift groceries. Like she she has all these things that she does physically that I don't think about. So I was like, okay, well, let's just believe that your um, recovery will be half as long, Mm -hmm. twice as fast. Twice as fast, not half as long. Cup half full type of guy, right? And um, and the biggest thing we need was the doctor to agree. We need the doctor to believe the same thing we're believing. We only had two people 
two people that we told this to mm -hmm. because you get a lot of people who, um, and it's nothing against anybody. It is, I need people who are standing and believing and believe the same thing as we do for this, for this battle. Mm -hmm. And so then we included them and then um, had people pray the day of or the day before. Now, Heather's never had surgery. She's never had a cavity. She's never had nothing, right? So it's like we're low. in a brand new city, and so it's like okay, I don't know this hospital. I don't know any doctors. I don't even know any nurses that work here. We're in a group, and I'm fixing to go in, fixing, fixing <laughs> to go in and have surgery. Sweet, like so. Yeah, I went in the day of, and or no, two days before for my pre-op thing, whatever. Went and met with a doctor. The doctor comes in and was like, just said almost verbatim everything that we had been praying for and believing. He's like, I'm just going to let you know, we're going to go in. And I'm going to, he said, just do minimal. He said, you know, like lazy terms, I'm going to do the smallest amount of work I can. I'm only going to take what I have to. And um, he repeated 90% of our prayer back yeah. to us. This is the same doctor who, who just, you know, 10 days before was negative Ned. Yeah. So. So anyway, that was two days before, and then we went in. So I came out of there being like, oh, my gosh, yes, I was felt really good. Celebrate. So then we went in for went in for surgery on the day of, and Dusty dropped the boys off at school, came up there with Lane. Yeah, Lainey was with me, and because Lainey was so young, we couldn't go back uh, with her, so we just had to sit out and watch the screen. And it was a four-hour surgery that was scheduled, and it took right at seven hours. And so if you can imagine... The first four hours is is not fun, but I'm with Lanny. We're going to the coffee shop. We're walking around. It's all good. Four hours. Well, he and he kept saying um, that I was in the beginning. He was worried that I was how I was feeling because I was, you're back there on a table. You're laying by yourself. Oh my gosh! And so all kinds of stuff could be going on in your head. And so he was super concerned that I was back there, like nervous or freaking out. And I was totally fine. Like I had a hundred percent peace. You a note. Yeah, he tried to send me a note through the nurse, but I never actually got the note because I think by the time he sent it, I was already going back. But I was great. I wasn't scared. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't anything. I was just I think I was back there and I was like praying and I was calm and I was kind of just singing songs to myself. And he's like, Well, that's amazing because I was a wreck outside wondering. <laughs> You're just resting. What is going on? Just resting in your faith. Yeah. And so, so those last three hours of the surgery, I, I'm like on overload. I still have Lainey. Lainey's asking the great questions um, that five five year olds ask. And the doctor finally comes in. I keep checking the screen, same place. Doctor finally comes in, and doctor says, "Hey, I just want to let you know that uh, we got it. That we removed the growth." And that we clean the fallopian tube out. She keeps everything. She's going to be good as new. Two weeks to, you know, be back to normal. Three, three months, two months. Mm, two months. Heavy lift. Two months heavy lifting. So, yeah. And man, I just lost it. I lost it, and I was just so thankful. Just thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Mm -hmm. And. Um, so I got to go wake her up, and I wake her up, and I tell her, I say, hey, um, man, I got tears in my eyes. I'm emotional. I say, hey, you, everything that you believe you got, you got everything that you prayed for. Mm -hmm. Now she is on it. So she's like, 
she's in some other place and she doesn't get it. But it doesn't matter because I got to tell her. And I don't even know what your response was. It was not English. It was, I don't know. It was something else. And so, so it was good. And so then, um, in June. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, several months. It's supposed to take a few months of before my body starts functioning properly again. And then... Yeah, regularity. Yeah. Two months for regularity. Mm-hmm. Two weeks to heal. Yeah. April diagnosis, May surgery, early May surgery. Yeah, so June, middle of June, we, um, um, Dusty just comes home Wednesday and asks me if I'm good. And I'm like, yeah, I'm great. Why? And he's like, I don't know. You just seem a little different. More. So light. Cheery. Cheery. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, like who knows? Because the doctor said it could be a few months before I'm regular. So it could be wonderful hormones bouncing back and forth or something. And he's like, okay. I like this, Heather. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought, I just happened to have a pregnancy test in in, um, a bathroom. So went and took a pregnancy test. Lo and behold, it was positive. And I just am like laughing because I'm thinking, this is not, no way. How in the world am I pregnant? So when he comes home, I tell him, I was like, so, um... I took a test, and he's like, he just automatically knew, like, oh, my gosh. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. So it was a huge turnaround. It was like a, um, there's a song that Elevation does, and it just fits so well for that stage of life that we're in. It says that God takes everything that um, was meant for evil, and he turns it for good. And that's exactly how this whole situation with, getting to have Axon, who just celebrated his first birthday yesterday, how this all came to pass. It was like, you know, low, worse. We're going to have to take everything. There's possibility it's cancer to this amazing life was brought forth from it. I didn't expect it, wasn't thinking about it happening. And we were totally surprised. And, but, oh my gosh, the most incredible gift. Just He's incredible. the most incredible gift ever. Yeah. And so none of our kids have been born on the due date they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And Axton was due on the 15th, so they said. And but we weren't really sure time frames. That was their, yeah, guess. So we took it as, wow, 313 here is Detroit Day. I've loved Detroit since I was a little boy. And I thought, man, what great confirmation would it be? Mm-hmm. If he was born on the 13th, 313. Yeah. And sure enough. On March 13th. He was. We got our little baby. Goodness. And so all that too. No cancer. Everything is good to just a little ball of life. Mm -hmm. And in the timing, like that could have been perceived as something super hard. Like we have all of this and a newborn. And he was exactly what we needed this year. Mm Mm-hmm. He was, God knows what you need. We didn't think we we're going to have any more kids. God knows exactly what you need. What a gift. And so if you're walking through it right now, if you have been beat up, you're getting beat up, you're going through, you're carrying, you're holding, you are living with anxiety, depression, just it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. Man, turn your eyes and fix your focus on God, we're going to tell you how to do that right now. First John 5, 4 says, because, because of this, this is what you stand on. Because whatever has been born of God conquers the world. It's 1 John 5, 4. 
This is the victory that has conquered the world, our faith. This is the victory that's conquered the world, our faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hebrews 11.1 1 says in the You know that we couldn't do a message on faith without doing Hebrews 11.1, 1, by the way. But I love the amplified version of it because it kind of just, that's what does it amplifies it. It gives more detail in behind. It says, now faith is the assurance, the title, the deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. That is so true. It's believing that no matter what's going on right now, no matter what I can see, it's, it's, celebrating and knowing I no matter no matter what this is real this is going to happen I have this I can even though I can't see it I can feel it I know it's there no matter what anybody says no matter what any circumstance says it's real it's very real it's a fact no I think the thing that Heather said about that uh, about the amplified version she says at the end it says faith comprehends as fact Mm -hmm. What cannot be experienced by physical senses. Why? Because this is a spiritual battle that you're in. It's not a physical battle. We want to lean to the physical and go, there's sure there's something I can take for this. There's mm-hmm. something we can do. Well, that's what the doctor said. And you're not in a physical battle as much as you think you are. It's a spiritual battle first. We win in the spiritual before we win in the physical. And so then today, we go back to that very first question not how strong was your faith, but what do you believe? What do you believe? What's your faith look like? Do you believe in only what you see? And these are kind of reflective questions. Do you believe in only what you see? Mm -hmm. Do you believe in only what you hear? And if you only believe what you see and what you hear, now we have to figure out, what are you watching? Mm -hmm. What are you listening to? Who's your source? What's the news outlet, right? What's your favorite, you know, platform that you engage on socially? Because... Because if you only believe what you see and what you hear, it's not good. It's not good because Hebrews 11 says faith is not that, right? And in all of this, I think what we realized a long time ago was God never said the journey would be easy, but he said it would be worth it. Mm -hmm. He said it would be worth it. And so then for both of us, we believe in the worth it, not the easy. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, not a lot of people, very few people do what we're doing. And they do it going where they can be successful and believing that it's going to be easy. And the reality is God never said it'd be easy, but he did say it would be worth it. Mm -hmm. He did say it would be worth it. And so, so the real questions today are this, do you trust God or do you trust your gut when it comes down to it? Bullets are flying. We're going extreme here. Everything is, everything around us is going nuts. Do I trust God? God, or do I trust my gut? Do I trust the word? I left my Bible in the basement today, forgive me. Do I trust the word, or do I trust the world? We've been asked these questions before as believers, and we know the church answer. Well, I trust God, and I trust the word. I trust God, I trust the word. It's all good. How are you? Oh, blessed and highly favored. I have this guy that uh, used to always come every day to the gym. Hey, he's not watching. Hey, Chuck, how are you? Oh, bless and highly favored. And it was like, that's amazing. But the stuff that Chuck would come in and say to me was opposite of that. And so then, was he going off of his gut in the world or God and the word? Right? It's a Tulsa guy, by the way. So 
2 Corinthians 5, 5 through 9 says, Now, now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God. Is God. We don't fashion ourselves for what we've got in front of us. God does. Who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Spirit. We operate spiritually. We are spiritual beings. Therefore, we're always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are far from the Lord. For if we live by faith and not by sight, we are confident. Come on. I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. We would prefer things to be harmonious and absent from the struggles and trials and stresses of the world. That happens when we are at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, right? That means He's happy with who we are, whether we are at home in the body or away from Him. This is how we move forward. And so then your action steps today are this. And we are... No, we're not. These are your action steps. One, hear it. If you're taking notes, hear it. Faith comes by hearing. Hear it. Once you hear it, you can live it. So hear it, then live it, live by faith, and trust it. Hear it, live it, and trust it. So let's look at hear it. Faith is this. Faith is not giving. Faith comes by hearing. So then, Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by continually hearing the word of God. Your faith is continually strengthened as you hear and feed yourselves the word, not the news. So a couple questions for you to write down, and I'll slow down. What are you feeding yourself? What are you feeding yourself? What do you mean? What are you feeding the ground of your heart? What seeds are you sowing into your heart? Is it the truth? Is it rooted in truth? Because that truth builds your faith. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? Not all day. Not right now. What are you thinking about? How's your thought process work? What are you consistently feeding your heart throughout the day? Because your thoughts become your words, become your actions. So what are we consistently feeding our heart throughout the day? Do you dwell on doubt and fear? Are you feeding, you, are you feeding yourself anxiety and frustration? In all of those questions, you must make a choice to feed and surround yourself with the truth, with the Word of God, with the Word of God. Heather loves the amplified version of Romans 10, 17. It puts it this way. It says, so faith comes by hearing what is told, and what is heard comes by preaching of the message that came from the lips of Christ, the Messiah himself. So then, we have to make the individual choice. I and my faith walk and her and her faith walk for us to be aligned. We have to make this decision to go to, to seek God's word. Because faith is developed and is strengthened when you deliberately focus on applying 
his word to every aspect of your life. It's what makes resting in her faith really easily. For me, her pace is the example. She brings so much balance to me. For me, I have to get to a point of impatience before I have to go, whoa, I have to check myself. Now, now, before as I used to just go in the other lane and go, it is, okay, Lord, help me see. I'm, I, I, this is going slower now because you want me to learn something. The delay is developed. It's time for development. It's time for me to learn, to move forward. Something, I don't get something. And so then, Lord, reveal that to me. Help me see that today, right now. Give me favor with those people. Whatever this is, I, I know I'm going there. You know I'm going there. Together we want to go there. And this is the pace you've set me on. So help me to develop along the way. As opposed to going, screw it. I used to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. We almost got in a horrific accident in Alabama one time. <sighs> for that for that reason. Okay. Thank you, Lord, for it's saving funny us. funny now. It was not funny at the time. It was not funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, the NIV, Heather's going to read the NIV. Yeah, Romans 10, 17 declares, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Consistently hear the message of Christ. Consistently surround yourself with the message of the gospel. Let his word come alive within the borders of your heart. Let his word become a part of your every area of your life. Choose to live his word in every season of your life. Choose to let his word direct your course of life. Let me let me ask you this because we Axon just turned one yesterday. Happy birthday, baby boy, because I know you'll get to watch this at some point. <laughs> In that, um, Heather's life, obviously our life is just different with a kid. So how do you do that with a newborn? Because because I know that your morning time has been um, bombarded with sleepy baby. By the way, Axon turned one yesterday and he slept all night. Last night. Last night. That's the first time. And so it might be daylight savings time and you might be struggling, but I'm feeling pretty rested today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so in that, talk to us about um, when we are inconsistent, when we have, you know, drops or. Different seasons of life, I think, require different things. But I am reminded by somebody shared with me a while ago that God comes and meets us where we're at. So. You think about like the woman at the well, she was doing her everyday thing. She was there and he was there to meet her with what she was doing, where she was at at the moment. Uh, Mary and Martha, one's working in the kitchen. Jesus is there to meet her. So he's never, um, there's never a time that like even in my, I used to feel guilty because I didn't have an hour to sit and just totally soak in God. And there's some people that will, will like feel condemned because you can't during a different stage of life. But reality is sometimes you are super sleep deprived and you want to give God your best and you do. And, but he's patient and he's faithful and he's kind. And so it's meeting with him in little moments of, um, going on a walk and having quiet time or just time to be thankful to sit and look around and thank him for who he is and what he's done or putting music on during the day and just being able to praise God no matter what is going on around us with kids and busyness in the house. Um, using time with in doing schoolwork with the kids with the scripture that comes up, just 
um, letting that soak in deep for myself and being reminded of what God's word actually says. It's picking up all of that through the day. And God can do something in just a split second. It's not, you don't have to spend four hours diving in and saying, okay, Lord, uh, I, I, this is my time. It's that he can anytime during your day, just show up and speak to you and give you confirmation and comfort and peace on what you're needing. It's not something that has to be done. Um, that only he's only able to meet you at this point in time. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. She came to me at one point, just said, man, my time with God has just been so spotty. And I said, and not seriously, just over the last year. Yeah. And I said, God knows that. <clears throat> and it's everything that she has said. God knows that. And so your second action step is to now that you hear that, now that you understand what hearing the word does for you, now we're to live by it, live by faith. For we live by faith, not by sight. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We live by faith, not by sight. So then, in those reflective questions we ask, what are you listening to? What are you hearing? What are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you surrounding yourself with? We understand that my faith comes not by sight, right? We live by faith. And so to live by faith, uh, you have to honestly answer, whose will are you living? Whose will are you living? Whose will are you wanting to see fulfilled in your life? And for most of us, we have that moment in time where we would look back and go, man, I was the strongest. I was the best. I, w- I had greater faith then. Or I was more on fire for God then. And most of us need to go back to that place because that's where we left it. That's where we left it. That's where we uh, misplaced it. That's where we put down God's will for our will. Okay, now that I have this, God is now my sidekick. And now anything I need, I just bring him with me. And if I can't get through this door, I say, oh, crap, I can't get through this door. Hey, but can you open this door for me? And we are not to be in the driver's seat. It is God. God's in control. And so um, anyways, we talked about the, your memory serves as your motivation for that. And so we choose to live by faith. Mm-hmm, not by sight. You have to have uh, the choice to live by the principles and the precepts of God's word, or you can choose to live by the mandates of the world and try and make it my way. I can't get distracted or tangled up in the way the world wants me to. I have to let God, Christ, lead my course, where I'm going, my direction, what I'm doing. Which means you're patient and you understand this is this is the way it's supposed to be, Rest, resting in it, right? Mm-hmm. You want to read the Amplified Version? Yeah, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, we regulate our lives and conduct ourselves by our conviction or belief, respecting man's relationship to God and divine things. With trust and holy fervor, thus we walk not by sight or appearance. We regulate our lives by choosing to live by the word of God. We choose to conduct our lives through the word of God. The New Living Translation expounds on 2 Corinthians 5, 7. It says, For we live by believing and not by seeing. We live by believing the word of God. We live and conduct our lives by what God's word has declared over us. Yeah, so then you think, what what do you mean live by faith? We regulate our lives by choosing to live by the word of God. Mm -hmm. We choose to conduct our lives by the word of God. Because when trials come and the struggle is very real, right? Mm -hmm. When the wind and the waves come crashing against us, the old cliche that we like to say, and, and, and try to overtake our lives, we choose to run to the word. We choose to lean or look back to or remember our faith. What is in your heart? What are you planting in the grounds of your heart, right? 
because God is the shelter from the storm. Our faith is shelter from the storm. And so, um, which leads to your third point, trust it. I was going to say run to him. Some guys can't run to him. They just, they have an issue with that. And so then trust it, trust it. We hear it, we live it, and we trust it. Number three, you don't run to somebody you do not trust. Stranger on the street out there or me, and I say, hey, we both say, come here. My kids are not going to run to the stranger. It is, my sheep know my voice, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're not going to run to somebody that you do not trust. So you go back to the beginning. Do you trust God? Do you trust God? Because Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong fortress and the godly run to him and are safe. And so today, as we close, I just want to say this. The name and the authority, the name and the authority of the Lord is a mighty, strong tower. The power, authority, and the strength of the Lord are the same. Mighty, strong. This is what we see in Proverbs 18.10. And so there's no one like him. There's no one like Jesus. There's no one like God. His power is unending. His strength is incomparable. His reach is everlasting. Should have put this on the screen, huh? He can pull you out of any pit. Mm -hmm. He breaks yokes. He breaks cycles. There is no bondage that he cannot break. When you run to him and when you seek him, there is safety. When we choose to trust him, because you run to him because you trust him. So hear it, live it, trust it. Because Heather said this earlier, she didn't even know what she was saying. His strength is more powerful than your circumstance. Mm -hmm. His power is more powerful than your problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, God promises us that when we trust him, he will fully take care of us. There's never a time that I doubt that now. And when you're going through everything, the more you lean, the more you trust, you start that your faith starts building to where it's easier for you to run to him and give to him exactly what it is and trusting and knowing that you're safe, that it's safe, that you're going to ride through this and you're going to come out on top because of who your faith is set in. Yeah. I'm not looking to my gut. I don't have to care this. I don't have to figure this out. I'm looking to God. When I don't know, I look to the word. I don't look to some prescription or something, some podcast or some YouTube video that somebody's put out. I go to God. I go to God and I go to the word. And that's what faith is. Romans 8, 28, this amplified version says this. And this is it. And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about you, about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his plan and his purpose. Because his strength is more powerful than your circumstance and his power is more powerful than your problem. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to today's message. I hope that it challenged you and that you'll take steps this week to have a greater faith and to go deeper in your relationship with God. If you want to know more about what's happening here at Redefined Church, you can visit us online at liveredefined.com. Follow us on social media at Redefined Church or subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.